I'm on, I'm on a roll here already. Right uh, you're on a roll, all right. By the way, Bob, you've got work to do. I do? What did it say? I don't know. Mm, hello, everybody. This is a, let's call this a playground piece for me. I thought it was a podcast. Or this is to talk about church. Church. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Notice my soul. I say welcome to fish fans and non-fish fans. This is how I'm going to lay it out. We are going to bring someone on in a little bit who has a woman-centered fish podcast. I'm very excited. I met her randomly. I can't wait to tell the story. But I don't want anybody to go, any non-fish fans all of a sudden to jump off this podcast and go, I hate fish. I don't want to talk about Grateful Dead. Oh, oh my, my gosh. God. And I said the same thing. So my first You said you hate fish? Yes, I did. Oh, I why are you to in a, this room right now? I listened to, a, well, because this is my podcast studio and I pay for it. So you, This I is your studio? It. No, it's, Jay, it's Jay's oh, studio. Oh, okay. Sorry, That's Jay. amazing. Oh, Bob, I love you. <laughs> I love you, Bob. All right, so first time I heard Fish was a bootleg in my dorm room in 1990 with Bruce E. Dewey from the Colgate University area, Hamilton College. He brought it to my dorm room, put it in my tape deck, and I said, blah, I got a mixtape from my buddy Bob Pye that's much better than this. Uh, was it, this was it Friends 1, Friends 2? Friends 1, Friends 2, right? More that than series. Friends. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Plethora intrusion. So... All, all awesome music. Uh, we'll maybe post the playlist on our website at some time of Bob's old friends playlist because I got to tell you what he used to be very good as a DJ. Like Bob, Bob is a DJ and a, and a as well as a photographer. So, anyways, back to my story. I listened to one bootleg of Fish. I wanted to throw it out the window. I hated it so bad. My friend Bruce says, "No, they're awesome. You got to really hear them. They're from Vermont." That was the beginning of a year of me not even thinking about fish again. I won't tell the rest of the tale until we have our guest on, but for non-fish fans, what this episode is going to be about is why several people fell in love with the band of fish, why they want to be entertained by fish, what they get out of going to these concerts, and why people who go to fish shows tend to repeat going. In addition, you're going to hear such things as simple facts about maybe how many songs Fish has written, the fact that they played 13 straight shows at Madison Square Garden last year and didn't repeat one song. Just to maybe put that in perspective, I went to a train concert two straight years at Darien Lake and heard two different songs in the two concerts. But Fish can play 13 straight two set evenings and not play the same song once. I don't know about anybody else, but th that's a lot of music, not to repeat they yourself. Have a huge... So collection. these are the type of things this episode will be about. It'll not going to be about who wrote what song and how someone jammed out for 20 minutes or or which artist is the best or the driver or, or why necessarily uh, Fishman. Uh, maybe we'll talk a little bit about the fact that he's from upstate New York area, him and his family, John Fishman. So there's certainly a connection to the band. They almost believe Albany is kind of a home base for them. Uh, so the shows in the Albany area tend to be a little bit more special than other shows around the country. 
We also talk about the uh, fish tour, which was just announced. Uh, I think Bob is pulling that up right now to see. Uh, they have a, a variety of dates. I believe they announced 29 dates. So we're going to give some advice maybe if you're someone who's looking to get tickets. Uh, we'll ask our guest a little bit maybe what her opinion is on how she gets tickets because the secondary market can be a little ex- expensive getting fish tickets. That's something I have noticed just getting back into the scene in the last year. So I don't want non-fish fans to jump off because this is... Fish is a special band. Bob, Bob, talk a little bit about your um, first show with Fish or your introduction to Fish. Wow, my introduction to Fish. It was so long ago, so long ago. I don't even remember what... It, it just seems like it fell in my lap and, and it just was like always like part of me after that. You know, I, I, uh, I, I know my first show that I have a ticket for that I actually saved was in Darien Lake, uh, a venue that was outside. I never enjoyed going to the Darien Lake, but it was fish and you can't go wrong there. I, I had a goal once I saw them. I said, I want to see them 25 times. And I think I lost count. I might've made it to 25. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I think that's 25. But after I heard them for the first time, there was a spot on Monroe Avenue called Aaron's Alley. I would go to Aaron's Alley, and in the back room, they would sell uh, bootleg taped fish concerts. And I think I have at least 20 of them. I didn't go to all those concerts, but the ones that I did go, I especially looked for. And I'm still wondering how to get those on audio from the tape i'm not that tech savvy maybe jay can help me with that but uh i can tell you about my favorite story of fish i um i was going to the concerts by myself after a period of time and again we've talked this about this in the past doing things on your own you just got to do it so i got a ticket it was for um saratoga springs and i was getting a little antsy because the ticket I ordered online and it was going to be mailed to me. And I'm thinking, where is it? Where's the ticket? Why isn't here? And it was like maybe two days before the show, the ticket shows up. And I looked at it and I'm like, oh, thank God. So I get to Saratoga Springs to see the show. And they said, oh, okay, you're in the pit. Nowhere on the ticket does it say you're in the pit. And I've never experienced this before because I've always been on the lawn or maybe off to the side, but I've never been so close to the band where you had this personal space with maybe, I don't know, maybe 25 other people, but you weren't crowded. You had basically them to yourself. You had fish to yourself in a way. And it was just a very cool experience. The closest that I've ever been to fish was this year in Denver. I went with a couple of people who are a little well-versed on going to Denver. It's a regular thing for them. They go Labor Day, close out their summer tour. And we were probably 30 yards by 30 yards to the side of Paige. They call it Paige Side, Rage Side. Paige is the keyboard player. And I'll tell you what, you sit there... You have to get there a little bit early, but it's a big, wide-open field. It's actually one of the places where I don't mind general admission because 
I actually had like a three by three area around me to dance at all times. Once that concert got going, it was, it, I loved the view. It was the most fun. That was a, a good venue to watch from there. It must've been really intense for you to be so close to home and be in the pit like that and see them for that show. It was, it, it, like I said, it, it felt like it was just for me. Everybody behind me was invisible. The noise was there, but they were there just for me and maybe those other people that were in the pit with me. But, uh, do you remember the actual show date of that? I could look it up, sure. Yeah, I want you to look July it up. July 7th, 2012. So oh, That was actually fairly recent as well. Six years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Seven years. It's 2019, yeah. So as I'm looking up the tour dates for 2019, it says events near New York, Rochester, and Syracuse. The first one that shows up is July 2nd at Saratoga. I mean, we're talking about Saratoga, and the first one that shows up is Saratoga. I think that's a pretty interesting quinkadink. It is, and this is actually something when I saw that today that I want to make a point about. Because my family has been on my case a little bit for as many fish shows as I've gone to this year. And I think I'm catching up a little bit from 15 years, 20 years of not seeing them as much as, as often as I could afford to or that I had time to go to. So maybe I caught up a little bit, but at the same time this year, I heard an interview with Trey recently where he was talking about this is his favorite year as being in the band Fish. It's like everything has culminated for them. And just creatively, I mean, they created an album from Curveball to Halloween out of, from scratch that they delivered in a full set for a sold-out arena. In? From nothing. Like where they where did they play it? They played it in at, in Las Vegas at right. the MGM Arena. Thank yeah. you, Bob. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is who these guys are, right? And, and so, and then obviously, I knew at the end of the year this year would be a special event, which it was. We'll talk about um, with our guest. So I just went to special events. So next year, I'm not going to be that guy. And this is why I want to remind people to stay on for this next hour and forty five minutes or so to listen. Is I'm never going to be that guy who's going to front the tour. I'm not going to barely have a job and blast out 29 shows. How many sh shows are on tour this year, Bob? Do you, do you know what the total list is? It, I just want to put it out there I for people. I don't have that. I just, it just pulled up what's near Rochester and Syracuse. Yeah, I think it's, if you went to the Fish website, you, like you probably could see the tour dates. It's probably. listed. Yeah, so I think it's 29 dates. Anyways, I probably may on that tour go on see six, seven shows, but that one in Saratoga, I'm a little disappointed. Two in Saratoga. Yeah, so there's two. It's July 2nd and July 3rd. Right. And Which, July 3rd is the Ring of Fire at Canisius Lake in Rochester. So uh, here's, it's not even a quandary. I will be with my family that weekend. So so this is the difference between uh, what a, a crazy fish fan is, uh, uh, an adventurous fish fan, a fish fan who takes advantage of the area. But me, that's a special weekend for my family, always has been. It's huge for our cottage. I will be there. I will miss the fact that they're right up the the shore. Will I have it streaming inside the lake house so I'm watching? Yes. <laughs> Both nights? Yes. But at that point, most everybody's settled down anyways, and nobody's caring if I'm listening to fish in my headphones while we're all sitting together as a family. So I, I will see, hear it and be a part of it my way, but it just won't be the, you know, it'll be a different way. Um, so that's why I want people to stay on, because you're not going to hear some crazy guy that's going to sacrifice family, everything. But I but I do, there is one weekend I'm going to give up, because obviously when you have a lake house and you have a big family and 
I have lots of responsibilities, such as making sure everything's safe and teaching the kids and gassing up boats and making sure everything's good for my aunt. So I don't want to be away too much this summer, but Labor Day weekend, uh, Colorado, that's going to happen every year from now on. Just the fact that it's a legal state, it's a state that the people love having fish fans there. They have a huge open field to play Frisbee all day. You can listen to the warm-up sets. They played almost a full set warm-up one day nobody even knew about. Just uh, for four days, it, it's a fun experience. So these guys are bigger than just a band, without a doubt. August 30th, yeah, 2019 you. will be Colorado. Mm-hmm. And I will be going. I recommend anybody that wants to have never been to Colorado, wants to go experience Colorado, doing a lot of different things during the day, and then dance your face off at night. Did you look through the list? No. I would love, for, if you have the list, I would love I'm, for you I'm to kind of, yeah, before we uh, get Toronto looks yeah. promising. June 18th, Toronto, Canada. That's just on the other side of the pond. What date was that? June 18th. Oh, that's a definite. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. that's a definite. Would you like to join me on that trip, Bob? Uh, I, I I think I can handle that. I think I actually have vac- vacation around that time. I mean, let's let's figure the motivations. Um, it's legal there. Yeah, but that's that means like two hours in the car with Brian Lane. Oh, God see, folks, uh, see, most everybody who's listening to my podcast, that's exactly what you're doing, right? Because let's get back to the podcast basics okay. right here. Let's jump in. You want to make sure you download this at home on Wi-Fi. Do not waste your data listening to get my voice down. If you do, I praise you. I love you. Thank you. But download it in your home on your Wi-Fi. Don't let it cost you. Then when you're in your car, which apparently Bob is going to be annoyed going to Toronto with me for two hours, you should listen to me. But apparently maybe in 15 or 20-minute segments. So you can so you can make sure... Uh, it's only enough where you don't get annoyed because apparently according to my kids and now Bob Pye, maybe what? I might get annoying to listen to. <laughs> no, 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 no. Let's, let's backtrack. The podcast listening to you never got annoying. It was just you in general always got annoying. And, and I say that in an endearing kind of way. So just to you know, make things a little bit more refreshing here, let's get on a more <laughs> positive note. Empletics.com is up. It's refreshed. It has all of our episodes. We're going to have a launch date very soon here, folks. Like an order has been placed. Very excited. PayPal has been set up. We will be setting up an apparel. Uh, I'm not, I don't know the exact date, so I don't want to be uh, wrong here, but I would say within the next 10 days, we are going to have some t-shirts up for sale there. T-shirts? Uh, yeah, at the, uh, to start with, and then sweatshirts shortly after. Sticking with the uh, basic black? Yep, we're going to do the basic black shirts. It goes with the um, the back uh, round of the color of the logo makes uh-huh. it easier as far as that goes. Uh, there's already a lot of screens to use because there's a lot of colors in it, but I've had a lot of positive feedback. So I hope everybody goes to the website, checks out the gear. Uh, I also had a bumper sk- sticker design this week. I believe it's going to be a four by six design. And that was the proof I just got today. And now that should be ordered. So we will have bumper stickers as well. On the pot, pot are the... Uh, Empathetic Podcast bumper stickers, yep. And you can yeah. find them... They will be at empathetics.com. And we have a guest that's going to help us now interject and discuss more about fish. This is a girl that I have not formally met. But I came upon her podcast because one of her, I don't want to say minions, but a friend of hers was out in a fish dress out in Colorado when I was out for Labor Day. And it was the second night of the shows and I was coming into Shakedown Street, which is an elaborate setup of vendors outside fish shows. And these vendors 
sell any kind of wares. They're usually set up in a city block with side streets where people can just walk around. Uh, there's some social networking. There's a ton that goes on there, but it, but it's a very big social scene before events. And I get this little sticker that says female centrics and it's spelled P-H-E-M-A-L-E centrics c-e-n-t-r-i-c-s and it's 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 a female symbol and it's cool and it's got the little bubbles in the middle and i got a fish tattoo on me that's got those little bubbles and i was like this is cool and i get the sticker so the sticker goes in my collection of things that i'm because i i'm a big social media guy i want to meet i want to network i want to network i want to meet as many people as i can so i said i got to check this podcast out so the sticker travels back from me all the way from denver sits in my backpack for about three weeks before i do anything to it next thing you know i pull it out as i'm cleaning up because i like to do that and i said oh i gotta listen to this podcast that's right and this girl dawn jenkins comes down with this bubbly little awesome energy and i said holy smokes i'd love to hang out with her to show let alone wait I want to have a fish podcast and she's a perfect person to have it with. So I am now about to introduce Dawn Jenkins. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hi. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. That was fun story. I love that. (laughs) So the sticker stayed, I collect a lot of things. And as I go through the business cards, the sticker was like in my pile of business cards. That's how I treat it as a business card. That that's awesome. So now I'm wondering, because I got to put this out on like fish chicks or something. Cause I'm wondering how because i gave i did give some out on curveball but i'm wondering who it was that was giving out things in denver because that's just great i didn't even know that was happening (laughs) bonus so thank you and it worked out so you can now be on this episode which i'm really excited about so please first of all tell us about your podcast and and why you started it and 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 then as we go we'll, we'll learn more about you okay great yeah so um this actually all started with uh tom marshall's podcast under the scales where so he started in uh, let's see he started in November I believe of um, seventeen and, or sixteen I think and um, at that time he was like okay guys you know if anybody has ideas for a, um, you know an episode go ahead and email me so I've been uh, my first first show was July ninth of ninety four. And I've been able to do a bunch of tours, but like, you know, 1.0, I did the full summer 96 tour, including, you know, Red Rocks and that whole scene and uh, the full 97 summer tour and so on and so forth from there sort of thing. And uh, so I wrote them and I said, hey, you know, I've got some hilarious, you know, tour stories if you want to do an episode on you know, fish tour story, you know, kids, you know, debacles and shenanigans that we all get ourselves into when we're out running around following this crazy band. And uh, so whatever. So I wrote him that. I didn't think much about it. And in April, I get an email from Tom Marshall. <laughs> I'm like, okay, this is awesome. And he was like, hey, Don, all right, send me your story. So I sat down and I ended up writing out um, my whole, uh, pretty much most of what happened of uh, my summer of 96 tour, because it was just one hilarious what out debacle after another sort of thing. And then I wrote him another story about, uh, my last new year's Eve or 16. It was a petrichor new year's Eve and this big new year's Eve miracle that ended up happening with my husband and I. And, um, and he wrote me back and he was like, all right, great. Let's, you know, have you on because when I was writing the stories, one thing I realized, I was like, I am but a drop of the amount of 
funny stories. And I know what, just for my, my whole crew, you know, there's about 20, 20 of us that have been seeing fish together for, you know, over 20 years now. And, um, and just the, the ridiculous, you know, things that have happened to us on the road and stuff. And so I was like, you know, what are your, you know, what are your thoughts on like, if I were to start to put a book together and he was really encouraging and whatnot. So I, um, decided so I started to I got a publisher and um it was gonna be a um I was gonna do the ebook first and um I started to put it out there and I was gonna call the book uh things are true that I forget and I at Baker's Dozen I um made all these uh old, uh uh notes and I folded them like the way we used to fold them back in high school, like in triangles, the way you would pass notes <laughs> to people. And, uh, and I gave a bunch of those out of Baker's dozen. And then I just started hitting all the fish groups of just saying, this is what I'm doing. And I'm doing this. I'm going to be on under the scales and I want to put this book together. And so people's stories started coming in and they were great. They were great. Cause I was like, you know what, if you want to stay anonymous, you can, if you want to leave your name, you can. And so there was a lot of grad, probably collected, I don't know, between 40 or 50 tour stories. And, but it started to sort of peter out a little bit. It was kind of at the same time where I was seeing this big movement or, or I don't know if movement is the right word, but like, you know, this sort of uprise of, of the female voice within the fish community. It, online so like on facebook and whatnot so that's when um bethany barker had uh created fish chicks mm. and which everybody is now you know which trey just mentioned because bella bella put out that note in fish chicks and he wrote that whole i mean she put together that book for him and um so and then also sophia sophia callisto um he's creating a photographic um anthology um called um um music empowering women and her thing is, is that she has got about a hundred and I don't know, maybe 100 or 140 of us or so. And she had us all fill out these um, forms about just different questions or questionnaire, I should say, um, about um, about fish. Like, why do we love fish? What is our favorite song? You know, those sort of things. And then what she did was she is so clever. She has matched, created these portfolios for these um for these photo sessions, uh, photography sessions where she's creating the costume, the atmosphere, the makeup, the whole nine yards. And she matched each one of us with a song or a theme. So, so my song ended up being free. And, um, but I mean, there was everything from all the different songs to, she did like a whole one just on like Mike's like blue lipstick or like, the uh, Coventry poster, like, so like some like specific things like that. Um, mm -hmm. So I got in touch with Tom, I wrote him back and, and I said, Hey, I said, what are your thoughts on, you know, I think I want to like, I'd like to share my space, my time or whatever, my space on under the scales and have this be about the women within the fish community, because we are, you know, this sort of, you know, um, I don't know, you know, you've got that, like the, the, sort of male i don't know dominated i don't know if that's the right word but you know it's like no, sort to of a degree guy. yeah i get you though yeah in general yeah. society it falls over into every you know walk even the fish yeah. community yep yep exactly but man we are like hot to trot and strong and like and and are just on as point as everybody else is you know but so i'm like oh what do you think about this and he was like well it's actually interesting so this was probably in january or february of last year of 18 
And he said, well, it's interesting because I'm actually putting together, I'm just about to launch um, a podcast network called Osiris with RJB, who hosts Helping Friendly Podcast. And um, we're looking for someone. He's like, I think you should do the first female fish um, hosted uh, podcast. And so I'm like, uh, <laughs> like, okay, Tom Marshall, you want like what? You know, so I'm like sitting there for a few minutes and I'm thinking about it. And like, my husband um, does a small podcast with his friends. And I mean, if there's one thing I can do, I can talk a lot and I know fish. I mean, I got a lot of other tricks up my sleeve too, obviously, but like, you know, like that's not a problem. I could talk forever about fish. And, uh, and we have a good friend of ours who has a little, you know, studio in his basement and he was really on board. And so I wrote him back and I said, yeah, let's do that. And right away, him and RJ got back to me and I launched my first episode with Bethany Barker. I, I, it was in March. I don't remember the exact date. Um, and Tom uh, took me on as, um, I, as my mentor. So he, you know, sent me, you know, different, um, you know, uh, almost like online classes to, you know, go over and listen to and, um, He's been available either through email or through text. And now, you know, at times I can, we could, we talk to each other on the phone and whatnot. And um, really has just taken me underneath his wing with this and has been so, um, just so supportive. And yeah, and we just recorded our 21st episode last night. So um, how, ma- how many episodes is that? 21 episodes. And, and how, well, so what, how often do you, publish them yeah we're publishing about um uh every other week we try to drop one on that like monday tuesday kind of thing um in uh, november we got our second sponsor we got our first sponsor uh Lure social this past uh summer and um and then and that's a um kind of like a fantasy fish um like a gaming website where you can go and um, you know, put your compete against other fish fans and you know, pick out the first song. You know, a lot of people do that with the first songs and whatnot, but this was like an official site, so we did that. And then Ben and Jerry sponsored us in November, so um, which was really really cool. And um, that I did three episodes and I took a smidge of time off in December and then back on it here for the for my 21st one that we just recorded last night, which will be released next week sometime. All right, I gotta take a deep breath. Because I just got such a mouthful. I've, I'm a note taker, so I'm a journalist. So right now I've okay. already written down 15 questions for you. Awesome. You are the best. So, so I'm so, first of all, thank you for coming on the show. Yeah. I really appreciate your energy. I'm going to tell you when my first taste of fish is just so you know, reference wise for people. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then I, I got to get into so many different things. Okay. So first of all, my <laughs> first show for fish, first time I saw fish was I think it was late, uh, early 1991. There was a show in Colgate University. It was a snowstorm that night. I came with like 10 friends from Oswego. Mm-hmm. Most of the Burlington crew could not make it down because of the snowstorm. So it was basically mm-hmm. Fishman's family, Colgate University students, and about 10 of us from Oswego. Awesome. Then all the Colgate students left after the first set because they had frat parties to go to because they had their sweater, <laughs> sweaters tied around their neck and uh, their V-necks working. And, and so they left. So it was basically Fishman's family, the handful of people who made it from Burlington and the 10 of us from Oswego. 
and then they end up playing till the point where I was, I really, I I needed to, I tried to actually reach out to a friend of mine before this podcast to get better recollection of that night, because I know that night I was definitely, um, I definitely cannabis all that night. I definitely had some mushrooms that night. My recollection of that night Mm -hmm. is faded because that was in 1991 and now it's, I'm 46 years old. So I would love to get any recollection of that night because that night is actually referenced in one of the early fish books about the early fish. That night was referenced as a special night for them. And if I'm not mistaken, they had the vacuum down there and different family members of fishmen were playing the vacuum that night. And, that, and that's something I remember. That's awesome. Yeah. So that, and I, before that, I did not like them. I heard one bootleg and I was not entertained by them and I didn't really want to go. The only reason why I went is because I went to Morrisville university, 10 miles down uh-huh. the road. So this is, if you ever see me at a concert, you'll know why I wear this Jersey. So my first show I saw them was at Colgate college, which is in Hamilton, which is in central New York. I went to Morrisville State College, which was 10 miles down the road from there, and then I, where I got my journalism degree. And then I went to Oswego State College, which is up on the lake. So I'm from that area. So I'm, I'm from close. Uh, I'm from Rochester, New York, but where I went to school is close to where Fishman's family is from originally. Well, and that's a great place to be in the early 90s for fish anyway. Like the whole New England, really. But I mean, that whole area, forget about it. They were playing, knocking them out. All the time, hundreds oh. of shows, and I was so lucky that I was at a show. I, I mean, I was I'm a I was a huge basketball player. I used to play basketball in that gymnasium. I remember s- sitting on the side of the gymnasium, thinking, "I am more tired now than I was when I played basketball here like six months ago when I played in a tournament." <laughs> like uh-huh. I was so tired. They kept they were still playing on stage. The janitors were nice. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, they played to like one in the morning. It was a uh, because nobody had where to go. It was a snowstorm. It wasn't like they're going yeah, out to some bar or anything. And the Colgate students, you know. Uh, you know, it's an Ivy League <laughs> school. I don't want to talk that bad about it. Colgate's a very good college. I had a lot of friends that went to school there, but it's a different type of people than a jam band. Well, type dirty, crowd. stinky hippies too, so they're not going to be involved in that. Exactly. Like, are those, those ladies not shave their armpits? Like, what is that? <laughs> okay, a little frightened. <laughs> That's right. All right, so now we got back to you because that we're done with me. So first of all, can you explain to people who Tom Marshall is? Because you reference him many, many times, and I want to make sure this episode, um, general non-fish fans, will stay with us. So first of, of all, course. Tom Marshall, please, can you explain a little bit more who he is? Yes, yes. So Tom Marshall is one of the, is probably the main lyricist for fish, and he grew up with um, Trey going to Princeton Day School, and him and um, Trey started making music and creating music together. I mean, I know Wilson, which is one of the fish songs, one of the big songs was written in eighth grade by Tom. Um, and so Trey was, you know, playing, making the music, creating the, the music and, and, and Tom was writing the lyrics. And so he continues, he has written and he continues to write, um, uh, lots of, a lot of fishes uh, um, lyrics to their songs. So, and he's kind of like the he's you know very wacky, crazy, funny, sort of you know different type of um, um, lyrics that he's got going on. Uh, very poetic as well. Mm-hmm. Excellent, and a mentor for you. Which I mean, that's phenomenal that someone that was at the grassroots of a band that this big will just help out at the grassroots level. I mean, explain a little bit. That's kind of the fish culture, right? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, and so, I mean, obviously, I mean, it's, it, you know, it's an, it's been an honor to be connected to him. And, you know, I realized it's like, um, 
you know, just taking, because, you know, of course, super excited. It's the man who has written the lyrics to the soundtrack of, of more than half my life is now someone that I can, you know, ask for help for certain things for. And he, and he is willing to help and he's super into it. And, and he's, you know, this whole Osiris is the, the podcast decor that he's part of. Plus is under the scales, his own podcast. Um, for him to be able to take this time with me and uh, for me not to get too excited or over, you know, because um, of course I'm just like, I just want to be his best friend, just like everybody else does <laughs> as far as this fans are concerned, you know? And, um, but, um, so, so, but we're at a point now where it's, you know, uh, Albany, which was great. The first, you know, I was able to go the first two nights and both nights, um, I started out with him and his wife and some friends, um, dinner and drink sort of thing and rolled onto lot, uh, with Tom both nights, which was just, you know, uh, mind blowing as far as that piece is concerned. So yeah, it's very it's like VIP very treatment. Yeah, and, and it's so when you're fortunate. And, yeah, and you know what? You realize when you're in that moment that he is no different than us. He puts his pants yeah. on one leg at a time, just like we put our pants on one leg at a time. Right? They're just people. Yes, and he's very sweet, and he's very like he's kind of shy and coy, and yeah, no, no, he's 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 definitely really really good people for sure. And that's definitely part of the fish culture that we definitely want to portray through this episode is there's a reason why that we enjoy fish. It's, it's more than just bands. Like I have partners of mine that like certain kind of music. And one of the guys is like, yeah, I, I could go to shows, but I would definitely have to be, you know, heavily drugged. Then I'm like, not always like, like for me, I'm no. preaching, I'm preaching THC and exercise in my life. That's what I'm teaching through mm-hmm. this podcast. And that is what I'm pretty much drives me in most fish shows. And I tell everybody fish show is my church. Explain yep. what fish shows are to you, to you. What are they for you, Don? Um, home. So I would say like, you know, when you were, I think you're, I don't, yeah, I don't know if you were saying this before, uh, we started talking on the podcast or not, or if we just said it now, but about, you know, fish and basketball being your, you know, two big things, you know? So I am a, um, a nature immersion specialist. So I'm a, a forest preschool teacher as well. So education, you know, teaching children, um, with nature. And then also I have three children of my own 16, um, 13 and two and a husband. And so like, you know, I have like my, my life as far as my teaching and whatnot is concerned. And then I have my entire fish world and my entire fish world. It's like, I walk onto, when we say lot, you were talking about shakedown, you know? So I, you know, you get there, you park, you walk onto lot and you're home and you're with all these people that no matter who you talk to, we're it's like, we're all in this together. And, and, you know, we're in our, our little bubble and, and it's this really intense, amazing love fest with the best music and the best, um, uh, the best, you know, band that is, that is into just as much as we're into them, they're into us. We like feed off of each other. And, um, I'm completely comfortable. There is no like I said, the best I can say is just coming home, you know, and, and everybody's their brothers and your sisters. And, you know, we back in the day when we were doing tour, you know, my early twenties and living in our truck and selling burritos and, you know, with our dog. And like, I was like a, a walking, you know, fish cliche, fish chick cliche back in the day. <laughs> and probably am now too, with my red sequin shoes and whatever it is, you know? Um, 
but it's just, it's who I am. It's what I grew up as. It's not, you know, I'm 43 now and I've been seeing him since I was 18. So, you know, it's, um, more than more of my life than not with them. And, and it really does become a, a lifestyle and an immediate connection. You see somebody that, you know, walks by you randomly and has a donut or has a whatever, and you can just like immediately say something to them. Like, you know, just, you know, I don't know what does space smell like to you or whatever nowadays, you know what I mean? Like make some sort of like obscure, like fish reference and all of a sudden you're best friends, <laughs> you know, it's like, and you're you know, both you're smiling mean, huge. So even if you yeah. both are in a bad mood or one of you are in a bad mood at that moment, doesn't it all go yep. away? It totally does. It's like, oh, you pulled me out of like, the, you know, and I love my life. I'm not, you know, love my life, really, you know, but like, you know, when you're like in the everyday grind of whatever, and it's been a few months since your last show or, you know, that sort of thing, um, you know, and someone all of a sudden just out of nowhere, it's just like, whoa, fam, you know? And like, I have to say, like, that's one of the big things that I really, really love about the groups on Facebook. And because like, I feel like we all with, with that and, you know, and I do Twitter and I do, um, Instagram, but I only do those for my podcast, like, and, and talk about the podcast and fish with that. But I really feel connected with a lot of the people in the fish groups that I belong in. Um, and I feel like we all, I don't know, in some way, like keep each other sane, <laughs> you know, I'm like that daily, like, you know, grind as I, as I would say, and then just what's been happening over this past fall into the Halloween into new year's is I, I can't, uh, it's so uh, the love and the intensity and what's going on with all of us is, is, and it, it is the best time to be a fish fan right now after 20, uh, 25 years, it'll be with me, you know, I think. I think it was special that they, on jam radio, they had the fish took over there for pretty much just before Christmas to the new year show. And mm-hmm. I got to listen to a lot of the interviews with the band members. And mm-hmm. there was a couple things that, that I learned that were really incredible. But one of them mm-hmm. was that Trey mentioned how this year was more special. Uh, this is his best year of fish. Like they were talking about fish 1.0 versus 2.0 versus 3.0. Sure. And he just said right now the collaboration, everything coming together is just truly, uh, you know, and, and that makes it, I'm happy because I went to a lot of shows this year. It makes me happy that yeah. I was in that journey with them because I was at Curveball. I was there that night of Curveball. I, I live me too. 45 minutes from Curveball. Like mm-hmm. it's my backyard to get that pulled from me. Um, so explain your, cur- so let, let, let's tell people what, happened, what Curveball is and, and why we reference it and why it was a big deal for fish fans this year real quick, Don. Okay, definitely. I will tell you right now what just happened to me while you were talking about that. I'm covered from head to toe. In, in goosebumps like and I think you know, they call them fish bumps but just to hear you talk about that I just yeah I can't get enough of it so anyway <laughs> um so curveball oh curveball uh so curveball I feel like the universe was going to implode and that's why we couldn't have curveball <laughs> um because uh you know to me it was interesting this, this summer tour was really interesting um so they started out and I, you know, Trey has had a, like a new rig and some new pedals of sorts. And I want to say that, um, and for people who don't know, so obviously Trey Anastasio is the lead singer and you've got Mike Gordon's the bassist and Jonathan Fishman is the drummer slash vacuum cleaner player. And, and Paige McConnell is the keyboardist. And um, so, and Paige, I believe had a new 
setup of sorts. And I felt like the first bit of tour um, was them get, they were like getting used to playing with their new toys in a way. And also, and, and so at the very end, right before curveball was the Merriweather and the Camden shows, which I think, I think it was like the August 10th and 11th and just those last few shows before curveball. Whoa. They, I mean, I was home and like by myself with just headphones on and I was like times I was just sobbing because it was so good, you know? Mm -hmm. And so leading into curveball, you know, so we pack up and like, I'm at this point now, I am like, I'm in doing the female centrics. I've got the podcast. So, oh my goodness, did we do so much prep, like my stickers and I had business cards made up and part of my podcast, what we do is we also have a game show that we call market price. And um, so market price is based on prices, right? Rules. And we actually even use the theme song of prices, right? And um, my husband actually created this game. Uh, we just did this in our kitchen. We used to just play around and do this. And so when our guests come on, we do our interview. And at the end of it, um, he picks out nine one minute clips of live songs. And um, so, and my producer created a software that he can email that he, he puts on our website. Um, and so our guests uh, click play at the same time. And we all listen to this one minute clip of a live song and we have to guess the date and whoever guesses the date of the song of being played wins whatever. I always say like jewels or whatever, you know? So um, going into curveball, I created my whole um, market price sign that looked just like the uh, price is right sign. And we had, we bought this big um, uh, speaker and we had a wagon and we were going to go around and play like impromptu um, uh, market price uh, uh, games. And like Tom, I had bought um, a case of Wilson baseballs, which I was saying he wrote Wilson earlier. And so I brought these baseballs for Tom to sign so I could give that. Oh God. I, I mean, to the nines excited. Right. So um, we we're coming from Maine. So this was eight and a half hours that we had to drive out there for. And so um, we get there, we have like uh, carpets, we roll out and an inflatable couch. And like, so it takes us like two and a half hours to set up and uh, set everything up. And then I was on my way. We were walking on. So it's at Watkins Glens, which is a racetrack. And um, we were, I was on my way to go bring um, something old, something new, something borrowed and something blue to one of my friends who I was going to be officiating their wedding that day, or maybe it was going to be the next morning kind of thing. And so all of a sudden someone texts me. And then I look and then I start reading and I literally just, my legs, I just collapsed pretty much. And everybody's just like, what's going on? And it was like watching dominoes fall because you would just randomly, everybody was getting the news at the same time that they were going to cancel curveball because um, there was E-coli, I believe, in water source. Yeah, and I've, I live in this area my whole life. It's a very rare thing for that to happen. And and for mm -hmm. me, it, it was equally torturous because this was supposed to be a reconnection for my brother and I because we went to the Oswego Festival uh, in 1999, which was in our backyard. Wow, yeah. 
And then, so this was a reconnection. So basically my brother and I were like, holy smokes. So this is how fixed connections work. We actually pull in behind us, uh, Ohio couple, make friends. They come over to Samson State Park. We spend the whole weekend over there with about 70 fish vans and just kind of made our own time over there. So we, we had to, we had to call our curveball something a little different. So we explored the area instead. That's what we did. But it's so it's so um, tough when something you look forward to gets pulled from you like that. And and I hope everybody noted, this is a girl who's going and just setting up a game show on wheels for people to entertain through through a festival site. I mean, think about this, yeah. people. <laughs> yeah. No, this was gonna be fun. We had like and and I had bags because like I said what I've been joking before about like, oh you win jewels. So I had jewels and we had t shirts made and we had like everything ready to go with all of this and, and we were just gonna, you know, ham it up and and do all that. So we get and and meanwhile, there's this, you know, uh, the place is just set up to the nines. The boys you could tell went all out. We get this information. And it's just silence for like two hours, pretty much that tears, just silence and tears. So everybody goes back and we just can't even get over it. You know, we're just in utter shock and, and, you know, uh, uh, just craziness. Right. So, and already I had bumped into Bethany, you know, I, I found Bethany Barker who I, so, you know, interviewing all these people, just like you right now, like, you know, we haven't met in real life, but I know after this, we're going to be connected because that's just how it goes with us, you know, our family. And and, uh, yeah, yeah. And like, um, so I had already met Bethany Barker for the first time and I met uh, Kathleen Hinkle who, um, does Mike side, Dyke side. And I was about to interview her and we had, you know, whatever. So I was already kind of starting to connect with people. So I want to say for us, it was about two, two hours, I would say of morning. And then it was like all at the same time, everybody all at the same time kind of had the big realization. Well, you know what? Like we've got tonight, you know, like, and, and like the realization that everybody had all the, uh, fun party favors and everything to do for three days worth and pockets full of money and let's tear this fucking place down, you know, and like proceeded to do that. We had a like, great I, night. Oh my God, it was so much fun. And like, I like took off at one point and I was just like, you know, t- you know, giving everyone my cards and randomly I'd bump into people who knew me that were like, what do you think you're Donnie B? And that was really like cool to like have like a little bit of like, oh, like, famousness for like a hot second you know (laughs) you know just like or you know people that you don't know before but that know your podcast and that kind of thing and and because i mean when your podcast the same thing with you guys you know you're sitting there and you're talking to your friends and you're in a room and meanwhile really you're you're reaching hundreds of people but you don't really you know it's not not until you're like really sitting there and talking to people that you realize or someone sends you an email or that sort of thing you know i mean i've seen my numbers rise obviously you know we're doing really well but like um it was just cool to like you know meet people who have been listening to me and news stories or whatever and we're generally it's good to have that reinforcement i mean come on folks it it is nice to have that feeling to say hey what i'm doing is being listened to by someone that i don't know and and listens and cares and enjoys my voice that's a good feeling yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And like I said, it's not that I'm famous, but it made me feel like that, <laughs> you know? Well, no, so, you're, you're definitely, I've listened to your podcast, by the way. I've listened to several episodes. Uh, I I enjoy awesome. it. Uh, I enjoy fish. I 
so here's my story a little bit as well. Uh, over 10, 15 years of raising kids. My kids are older. I have a 23-year-old daughter and a 19-year-old son. So I went uh-huh. 10, 15 years of heavy triathlons, training, working hard for the post office. I didn't get to go to a lot of fish shows. So I went to fish shows yeah. Uh, early in the 90s when you did, like 96. I'm trying to figure out of that that year. I think I went to four or five shows that year. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I did a handful, handful, handful. Then there was a, a decade of not much, and now I'm back into it again. Um, yeah. yeah. So that's kind of how my... So I'm not that person that can recite who wrote what song, what jams, wh- which concerts, but I just know when I am in that atmosphere, there's nothing better. And and I want to I want to reference back to something because I love talking about family. Tell me about this New York miracle or Petrichor or, or with your husband or there's something you mentioned. Oh, there. I want to sure. hear this story, please. <laughs> this is actually, this is, I, to, I, like, to us, it really is one of the greatest like fish stories of all time, you know, like you get our minds here. But so this is what happened. So um, we, um, we, my, my husband and I have a daughter. So I have two teenagers from another marriage. And then my husband and I have a daughter who's, um, she's two and a half now. And uh, so we knew we were going to be able to go in for like one night, you know, one night for um, uh, New Year's Eve. So um, try to get tickets. And both of us had the money to try to get tickets because we're like, one of us is going to get them, you know, right as soon as they go on sale. And of course, within three minutes, everything it was gone right so i'm sitting there and i'm like and i just i'm like whatever i go over to subhub i pay the money for subhub and i get two tickets to new year's eve whatever we're in the door whatever (laughs) you know like sometimes you just do what you gotta do right so um so I get these subhub tickets. So and I put them, they come in the mail. I put them in my top drawer and that's where they stayed. So, you know, we're packing up and getting ready to go to New Year's. And so the, the next day and I go to look in my top drawer and the tickets are gone. And I'm like, whoa, like we're like, oh no, we're looking everywhere. And I'm like, you know, I'm trying to think I'm like, I'm like, you know, one night when I had like, I don't know, a few drinks. I mean, I take them and put them in a better spot, go to, you know, or something like that. You know, I'm like, I trick myself. Did someone come in my house and take them? Like not that that would happen, but I'm like, you know, where are my freaking tickets? So, I mean, we can't find them. So I get on the phone with StubHub and I'm like, look, you know, this is what happened. I was like, you know, can you just email us new ones? Or like, you know, can we pick them up at we'll call, you know, there's the StubHub place that's downtown in New York city there. And, uh, so um, I'm on, you know, hold with them. And meanwhile, I think about, I'm like, I, I go tell my husband, Jason, I go take out the drawers and sure as shit, the thing had fallen back and it was, they were stuck in, in the, in the, uh, bureau. So he comes down, he's like, I got them. And I'm like, great. And I hang up not thinking to finish my phone call with StubHub. So I call them back and they're like, no, 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 you're fine. It never went through. You're good. Don't worry about it. Great. So we take the bus down, you know, we meet up some friends, whatever. We're, we decide to go in a little early. We go and they go and scan our code and it's not working. Both of our tickets aren't working. This is, you know, 6.30, New Year's Eve, Madison Square Garden fish, sold out show forever. People, are, I mean, tickets are going for like thousands. You know what I mean? A thousand, about 500 if people are scalping outside, whatever, you know? Um, and we're in the guys like, yeah, no, they're not scanning. Like you don't have valid tickets. Go to window number one. And we're like, uh, holy shit. What are we going to do? So we go over to window number one. Right. So go up to the guy, the guy scans it. He's like, yeah, dude. He's like, I don't know. He's like, they're not working, but they're not valid tickets. And you know, he's like, you should have gotten them from us. We're like, no shit. Dude. Like, really? Like, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> we, we all want them but- from you because they're cheaper. <laughs> Yes, exactly, exactly. We'll talk Damn about that it, later. You know? Go ahead. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and and so I get on the phone with StubHub and I'm like, what the hell is going on? They're like, no, you canceled your tickets yesterday. I'm like, no, I didn't. I'm like, I called back. They said it was fine. And they were like, nope. And uh, so meanwhile, there's now they're telling me not only are they not going to like, there's nothing that they could do about it because it was a third party something or other, however way StubHub works. And uh, so not only that, but um, they're not going to reimburse me. So I'm just sitting there and I'm just like, Lord, you know, and meanwhile, Jason's talking to the guy at window number one, you know, saying, Hey, you know, whatever it is. And the guy's like, you know, you should have gotten them from us. He's like, yeah. Well, and my, so Jason's like, well, do you have tickets? And the guy goes, you know what, actually two just came across my, my desk. And so I'm on the other phone being told they're not going to reimburse us. Jason's like, baby, they, they've got two tickets. They're for faith. And I'm like, just get them. Great. So I hang up with StarPub because I'm like, I'll deal with that later, which should end up we, we got ours and, and then some, but so, so we get these tickets. Now, meanwhile, our sub hub tickets were up in the rafters. We were up in, you know, 300 and something or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so we're like, Oh my God, this is amazing. Are you kidding me? Like what, this, this just happens like crazy. So, so, you know, we get our tickets and we're going in and I'm looking and I'm like, Holy shit, baby. I'm like, these are, I'm like, these are in the hundreds. I'm like, what, you know? So I'm like, so we get in there and I'm starting because I mean, I just, I did. I was able to just do the 29th, which was my 11th show at Madison Square Garden. So that was that was my, you know, seventh eighth. I've been to Madison Square Garden for years. I've been seeing them there since '97. You know, so so I'm like, this is 100, and I'm looking at 104. And we get in there, and they escort us down there, and we had gotten VIP family freaking tickets. So we sit down, and we're second row, Mike's side. And I sit down, I look over, and there's Fishman's dad sitting a few rows down. There's uh, the guy from Hamilton's wife and whatnot, because they did the Petrichor, the um, the guy, the marimba player there. Um, I'm looking down below, and I can see uh, Fishman's whole family run around. I see uh, Blair Fishman run around, you know, with her the, the little kids. And, and I see Paige's kids walking by. I see freaking Trey's wife walking by. And I'm like, I'm like, Oh my God. Oh my God. This is unbelievable. So for New Year's Eve, Madison Square Garden handed us virtually, you know, front row VIP family passes for, they were 80 bucks each. And then we proceeded to watch it rain, uh, rain in Madison Square Garden and then rain 7,000, literally cat and dog. It rained 7,000. On your head, pretty much. On, on our head, on our head. Uh, and so, so, you know, this is all happening and I'm realizing as the show's going on, like the family section starting to fill in, starting to fill in. And so, and I just like, you know, just from being in the scenes from so long, seeing articles, this and that, I'm recognizing, you know, this one's this, that one's that or whatever, you know, the kids and, and wives are, you know, um, like I said, Fishman's dad was down to the side. And so I'm sitting there and it's like right before Petrocar was about to start, maybe uh, whatever the song was before. Petrocor and um uh I think it was more maybe um but uh and I'm sitting there and you know this someone comes in and sits directly next to me literally knee to knee with me and I look over and it's Fishman's wife Freyer with the seven-year-old on her lap and his teenager right next to him and I'm sitting there and I just turned to Jason I was like Freyer Fishman just said (laughs) 
yeah, that's happening. You know, so I'm like sitting there and again, trying not to get too starstruck because yeah, you, but, you want to be normal. Like you, yeah, just wanna, yeah, exactly. you want them to feel comfortable as well in a normal atmosphere. Right. So exactly. you're just trying to enjoy so, the show. Yeah. So to the right of me, I'm like, I'm still like, Oh my goodness. And to the left of me, I'm just like, Oh, Hey, da, da, da. And then, you know, so at one point I just kind of like leaned over to her and I was like, thanks for sharing them with us. You know, I was like, your kids are beautiful. And she was like, Hey, you know, so Petricor goes to start and she leans over to me and she goes, I think that this is my favorite New Year's gag out of all of them, by the way. She goes, well, maybe next. She goes, I don't know. I think this is my favorite one. And I'm like, oh, wow. You know, and uh, so the whole, you know, beautiful Petricor happened and then the Susie Greenberg madness or whatever. And, and they were all next to me and, and whatnot. And I was able to go over to Mr. Fishman and, you know, shake his hand and tell him thank you and, and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, so that was our New Year's Eve miracle. We walked out of there just full lord. And it turned out that not only did SubHub reimburse us, but they gave us each $75 uh, vouchers to go for another whatever. So <laughs> such human beings, at least is at least they recovered. So all right. So first of all, congratulations on such a beautiful story. Yeah. <laughs> I just spent my first New Year's in Madison Square Garden ever this past New Year. So we'll get to the, my, my story oh, when you wow. were there. So so yeah. I now have, I stayed in, I was in section 112 and then 411 four, and then, uh, uh, yeah, and then I was up in 321. Those are my three sections that I was in for this weekend. And I actually enjoyed all those seats for different reasons, but uh, I like to yeah. move around a little yeah. bit. But, uh, but I, I'm yeah. floored by the fact that you're so close, but please tell people out there what Petrichor means like everybody should YouTube it it's on YouTube now obviously you can go see this but yeah. explain what you actually saw when you're saying all you keep saying is Petrichor and it's raining but I know what it is that they did I, I didn't even sure. see it till a year later because I, I was in the heat of everything you know I, I don't I, I was so far out of the scene I didn't even realize it happened until a year later but please describe to people what you saw with Fish's family yes yes so um so, like I said, I, I can't remember what this episode was, but I, I want to say it was more that led into Petrichor. So Petrichor is, you know, Fish has some small, quirky, quick little little songs, um, and then and then um, longer, more these epic journey type of songs. And I believe that that Petrichor falls under these epic journey type of songs. And when I say that, I I also refer to something like uh, walls of the cave. Um, I refer to, um, you know, you enjoy myself. I'm referring to um, Gaiuti. These songs that are, that are, um, are like almost like classically written because Trey originally were, you know, he's got a lot of, of classical training, musical training. So they're written in these ways that, you know, exactly to, to somebody who's not listening to fish, it might just be like, wow, like, Oh, it's this huge long song, but for us who are like, you know, memorize these songs and they become part of us, then we know each piece to it. So this is one of those very long uh, songs, and so I'm and it starts with so it's the Broadway musical Hamilton. Um, it was the um, the guy who played I'm in, I'm I think it was the Maramba is what it was, but so he starts off at the beginning of this, and at the same time who was coming out because I don't think they came out until the, until Petrichor, but it was um, uh, Jennifer Harwick and uh, Natalie Cressman. And I can't remember the other two names, but these are the horn players 
that play with Trey Anastasio's side band called Tab. And um, so they come out. And so we're like, oh, my God, because it's so rare that they'll play with actually fish. And so they start playing. And it's just this beautiful, beautiful sort of slow, melodic, um, you know, beginning to it. And as they're doing that, there's a theater company, you know, a, a troupe of people, maybe 12 people that come out and they're dressed in black and um, they come into the front and they end up doing this very uh, choreographed uh, dance routine with umbrellas. And so petrichor, the definition of petrichor is the smell of after rain falls, that smell. And um, that happens that, you know, people are like, oh, that fresh smell, you know, rain smell, like on a like a warm day or whatever. So that's what the term, you know, the name Petrichor is. And uh, the lyrics at one point reference to and the rain and the rain came down. So that's piece of it. So as they're doing this, um, I don't even know what the heck that stuff was. I don't know what was falling, but it physically looked like there was. It was raining in Madison Square Garden. And so this is all going on in front of us. And there's these people and they're dancing and they're doing this whole, you know, choreographed dance with the umbrellas and whatnot. And, uh, you know, the Pentacore starts to, you know, jam out and sort of go into, you know, towards the end. And then all of a sudden it's the countdown, which Trey almost like missed because he was just like, oh, Oh, what the fuck? Let's get to 16. We're going to call this in there, you know, and, and start to do the countdown. And as he does the countdown, just they, oh, there's nothing like a fish New Year's Eve, man. And the umbrellas <laughs> like, were going up and down to the, the yep, music up and down randomly. The mm-hmm. Yep. And as and up and down to the music, exactly. And then they do the final countdown and they play, which I pronounce this, this all, wrong all the time, odd playing saying mm. so <laughs> that's how you pronounce it whatever uh, the new year's i'm not a pronunciation guy either so i'm right with you don yeah 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 everybody knows the new year's eve song yep. and so they play that and um and just the you know um normal balloons which is the normal like you know regular sort of balloons and whatnot start to fall and it's just you know unbelievable and as that also starts to happen uh, honestly it's seven to ten thousand dogs and cats now balloons rain onto all of us now we're up close too so we're watching the band literally was covered up to their heads in cat and dog balloons and these weren't little cat dog balloons these things were like i mean i have one dog still i, I still have, I have two cats and a dog still because i managed to get a whole bunch of them out, out of there and uh so i mean the dog i have is three feet long i think two and a half feet long oh yeah they were and, very big balloons yeah they were huge and and uh and then at that point they burst into Susie Greenberg which Susie Greenberg they played at my first show and it was like and I didn't really know because it wasn't really it wasn't on an album then you know since back when like we had tapes or you know it was just the the albums that we listened to and uh but you can't not love Susie Greenberg it's one of the classics Susie 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 Greenberg Sorry, folks. Yeah, it's super, super exciting. And at that point, all the theater people in their black outfits strip off their black outfits and they have these yellow, like, like almost like they, we, we thought they, it was like, to us, it was like this rebirth of like these spring chickens that just popped out. <laughs> and then, um, and all these like yellow petals and, um, 
you know, all these millions of balloons and it is just freaking bonkers. The joy, the joy, I always say, I'm like, if anybody, what if you're into in life, whether it's whatever, whatever, a different band or I don't know, stamp collecting or, or triathlons or basketball or whatever it is in life, if you get as much joy as I know I feel, and the amount of love that I feel in these these shows and and talking about it and being with all of you guys, you know, with the, you know, when I say family, like this fish family, it, you know, then oh my god, I, it, we're, we're lucky. We're so blessed to have that. So yeah, it was it was absolutely incredible, absolutely incredible. So and, and four, I got to four gentlemen them. and their huge staff do that for us, and they're so creative minds. It's amazing what they come up with. So I, I've seen the video of that. It's incredible. She described it extremely well. And then <laughs> this year, oh, man. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, so so did tell me about uh, your New York City experience this year. One show. How many shows did you get down there for? Uh, explain uh, to people a little so bit about it. I have to it. say, yes, yes, yes. So they play four nights at Madison Square Garden. And... Um, it was so the 28th through the 31st, and we uh, decided to pick the 29th, which, oh, wow. Um, a lot of people are, are, and this is big claims on this, because that night for me was my 117th fish show. And it may have been the best fish show I've ever seen. And a lot of people are really saying that. It was definitely in my top five, for sure. Um, I, I can't even get over how amazing you know doing this for so long and for them to bring their a game every single time and to show up for one night and they end up playing this show that is just epic i mean psyched i mean anything you when you start off with buried alive so this is just this really old it's like you know we talk about like dirty fish it's like really like um intense rock and roll kind and um yeah, 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 yeah. I can't remember off the time I had the second song, but then for them to go, and this is one of the things when we talk about this fish love, is that turtle in the clouds. So um, this past Halloween, <laughs> fish, um, <clears throat> for every Halloween, they, um, as you know, they, they, you know, their Halloween costume is often somebody else's, um, more often than not, somebody else's album. So they do it as like, that's their costume. And this year, they tricked everybody by creating a full band, um, a Norwegian band, and everybody thought that they were watching this, you know, uh, listening to this Norwegian band that put out one album back in 1981, and people are Googling it, and they're finding a Wikipedia site and all this sort of stuff, and it turns out that Fish actually just wrote a brand new album and released that. And, um, and they did that in 13 as well. And Halloween for the wingsuit, which we were there for that one. Um, and, um, and played these brand new songs. And so by the time, so that was the very last song that was played, you know, on Halloween and they opened up this new year's Eve run on the 28th with one of these, like it's Casbot Vaxxed mm-hmm. is what they called it. Yep. And so, yeah. And immediately everybody knew all the lyrics knew all like you know i was there for halloween i loved it oh were you awesome 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 yeah 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 are you kidding me dressed in white i've I've spoken about on the podcast i i told people we have a band that made an album in like a month and a half Mm -hmm. they're unbelievable 
it's they're, they're magic. Yeah. So so turtle in the clouds, which is just this really fun, and I love that's my favorite one. And then into the sloth. So the great thing that was really cool about this too. So my best friend was just in from uh, California, and um, he actually was just on my last podcast. Um, we just shoot the shit about fish and old times and this and that. And uh, and so he um he was there too. So the night before we had recorded um our uh, that episode while we streamed the 28th and we called almost every single song that night except for 46 days in Karina every other freaking song we called and it was I just couldn't when it just kept happening we're just like what is going on here <laughs> and then they did played it so well they played it so well Karini tweezer into a new the one of the new Kazakh back songs that they just made super funky that no quarter um 2001 i mean it was just you know i I can't even get over how good the 29th was and then 30th again just great and then new year's so we were home for new year's um with just my best friend and another one of my really good friends as well and just the four of us and we watched in our living room and when watching it just in our living room and both my husband and i were like sobbing as the new year's came for it to be that powerful to move you that much when you're home watching it on TV. And I know what you got. I know how it was for you guys, you know, mm. like unbelievable. So beautiful. And again, I feel like, I don't know if they use the same New York theater uh, group or not. I mean, I guess these people were doing kind of different, you know, they were hanging and they had, I don't know what that acrobats. Yeah, it was it? Acrobat. So yeah, I was acrobats. thinking more gymnasts maybe, or, you know, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yep. Yep, exactly. Um, and to watch that, and what I love about it again, these are these are two new songs. So Mercury was this huge hit, especially this past fall, where um, where I, I feel like it really came into its own this past fall, even though it was released what two summers ago, I think. I can't remember right now, but um, and then so which is just this incredibly beautiful again I, I believe it's one of those it's to me it's one of what i call those epic journey songs and um and then the amount of streamers to come out like you know these people are are one of the quotes is um or lyrics to the songs is these the nets are unbreakable so these gymnasts were hanging from the ceiling and coming I, up and down smoke machine yeah, I can't even, I mean, you were there. So, I mean, just to see it all like that. And then, then our boys went flying in the air in their spacesuits and like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I just can't get over it. Could, you know? Oh, it was amazing. And I was, so I was in section, you know, Madison Square Garden well then, cause you've been there many times. Yeah. So, you know, section yep. 321. Yeah. Right behind the stage with the glass there. Row two, yep, yep. row two seats one through 10 were empty the whole third set, except for me. I was standing behind. (laughs) At one point, uh, between the first and second set, I was doing a YMCA with all my friends through the concert venue. I kind of texted them all and said, hey, look where I'm standing. And they could all see me clearly when the lights are all on. I'm doing YMCA (laughs) with about a handful of people around. They're all doing it with me right underneath me. Everybody could see visually see me. They're all doing YMCA. They could see me perfectly. It was such a great place to watch those gymnasts going up and down. From, from right behind there and just watching the pulley systems and then watching them attach Mike and Trey to them and have them go up and down in front of the stage while they're playing their <laughs> instruments live. Like, 
How many bands do that, Don? None of them. None of them, except for the guys who all sell out. You know, they sell out freaking Madison Square Garden. Yet most people don't even know who the hell they are. You know, <laughs> it's like it's like our our amazing little secret that we get to have that are, yeah. And 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 you know, and we haven't even talked about Corona right now. So Chris Corona, um, it once again, as you know, but like we're you know, uh, explaining is the light man for. Fish. Thank and, you. I'm so glad uh, you're going to bring this up. Please do. Yes. yes. Expound on this. And he is, he is coined as the fifth member of Fish because he has been playing with Fish or doing the lighting with Fish since, you know, early 90s, if not the like late 80s. And I can't remember exactly. I know the story about him getting on, um, but I don't remember. And so basically, he, the story is real quick. The story is he was a semester from graduating. Fish is about mm-hmm. to hit the road hard. And he was basically given the choice. Uh, yeah, finish or come with us now, but come with us now. So he basically yeah. didn't finish his college degree to jump with the fish, and he basically started from scratch with like lighting shows he would bring around of random bars. So go ahead and now finish the story. Yep, yep, exactly, exactly. And I know that, you know, there was another lighting guy who didn't show up one night, and they asked him, they're like, hey, you want to do this? And then he just stayed on and started doing it, and that was that. And uh, so so Corona plays with, or they call him CK5, is the other nickname for him but um he plays so when when fish is playing their music it's almost like like they all intertwine it's very orchestrated in a way that like he plays um he plays with them like the music like the the lights go on at the same time at the peaks and he's just able to read what they're doing because they're just they've been doing it for so long you know so and and so in albany uh, the first two nights of Albany, we had sort of the same sort of tickets that we actually had for that, for our like New Year's Eve miracle we were talking about, which was right there. And, you know, nobody ever goes to the, I mean, for the most part, that's one of the really funny things about fish too, is that nobody really ever goes to their right seats. You just kind of go to where your crew fits and then everybody just falls into place unless you have like four seats. Depending or, on the venue. I mean, so, so let's actually expound on yeah. this for one second. Some venues yeah. are very military where you really got to have your ticket to go to into your area but other venues are very loose because they know generally speaking it's hard with the secondary markets to get everybody grouped together so they're a little more flexible with it yes yes well and i also think that the venues that know fish fans um allow a lot more because we're 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 just going to come in and do our thing anyway so were they going to just fight us on, on on it no just as long as you're not going trying, like they don't let you go down to DA. That that could be hard to get down on the floor. But for the most part, and obviously, if anybody comes is like, "Hey, these are my seats," then you get up and go. You know. But like, I literally have no idea when the last time that's happened. I don't even know when the last time I've gone to my seat. Like just this past Madison Square Garden, we were in 206, great seats, and nobody ever came. So that's where we sat, and nobody around us were in the same area. Nobody had the same tickets. But Albany was the same way, and we just lucked out with um, with the front row mic side um, on the side there. So we were able to really see Corona's rig this year, and ooh, this has turned into like this marionette. Like, and I noticed it this summer when I was watching, but like, there was, like these alien space pods that like move and like they come together and they'll go in front. They almost like they get so close to them now. And then they come back together, and I can imagine from being behind the stage being able to see that. Do you know what I'm talking about when I'm saying like yeah, the so marionette? Yeah, so just so you know, yeah, so just so you know, my favorite place to be is behind the stage. 
unless yeah, it's a venue yeah, where yeah. I like the front, okay? So Albany, I was three rows behind. Not only did I see what you're talking about, I was watching yeah. him choreograph with the screen in front of me. He, cause he Ooh. was, he was sitting with the screen that was like a 48 inch screen. I actually have a picture where I can, from uh-huh. my vantage point in my seat, I could see Trey's monitor and I could, uh, and I could see him doing the lighting at the same time. And you're right. It is a marionette setup. And did you see the random steamers that he had that acted like snakes on New Year's Eve just before yes, the, they, were, they like, were going up? They, they, it was like um, he gave way to them and they were just going randomly around. Yes, yes. Like, like they took off with enough power and then the smokes were just spinning all over the place. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the rainbow lighting and like. And and they surrounded all the uh, dancers as they went up just before the drop. They surrounded them all in a steam cloud and had it like greenish, this greenish yellow hue. So it looked like cocoons, like steam cocoons that they were in before they dropped. So I'm sorry. So back to, so back, go ahead. I'm digressing way. I'm a tangent early. I can go on tangents like you, Dawn. So I apologize. No, no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Um, Yeah. So no, no, just talking about like, uh, uh, I don't remember where it was. That was a Corona's light system. Correct. Yeah, we're talking light show. Yeah, yeah. Tell me. So, and also k- keep expounding about him with your knowledge because, I mean, he runs Madison Square Garden. Most people don't know that as well. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, I would say because, you know, they played the 13, the Baker's Dozen. So they played 13 shows uh, in the summer of 2017. And then they do the four nights every New Year's Eve, Madison Square Garden. Um, they fluctuated a little bit through the years, but that, that I would say is like their, their home, you know, like, we were we were talking about you know uh, the difference between you know we call it the mothership which is down at Hampton in Virginia where they play all the time and then that Madison Square Garden but we were saying last night we're like I feel like you know the mothership is more of like Madison Square Garden vice you know vice versa or whatever but because Chris actually leaves his lighting at MSG because they're there so often. And I believe he's doing the lights for other things there anyway. He is. No, that's what I mean. They've contracted him now. He's the head lighting guy to the Madison Square Garden. That's official. Oh, is he really? Oh, yeah. see, I didn't know that. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And in addition to that, uh, just so you know, because I was stayed in the Stewart Hotel, so my hotel window faced a Madison Square Garden, and all of a sudden yeah. the marquee popped up. Fish has played 60 times in Madison Square Garden. I believe it's second yes. to Billy Joel or something like that, or I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they've actually been. I, I know it was like kind of they've, been, they've had this whole Billy Joel like <laughs> MSG like war going on. <laughs> so, well, I think the I fans think, do. I don't think it's Fish. I think it's yes. the fans myself. But. <laughs> Good point. Yeah, exactly. Well, because Billy Joel made a comment one time about. Um, Fish being like a cover band or something, and then and this is or like something along those lines because they were having kind of like a silly little, um, or, or we were whatever it was, but I know mm-hmm. it was something along those lines, and then that's when Fish played thirteen nights at at you know at at um at MSG and did not repeat one song at all, and then I want to say but the the run before that that he played there. They, they played no covers specifically just because of that statement that he made. <laughs> and that stinks because I didn't realize that point. So I'm glad you said that because let's talk about one of the traditions of fish. I, I believe it's Mike that really kind of was an impetus to it is they, they do like playing cover songs. And, and I think Mike Gordon is kind of the one that enjoys doing that. Am, am I mistaken with that thinking? I'm not too sure. I don't know. I know actually it was, I was, it's funny you said I was listening to, um, Someone has, someone's been doing like these like really um, uh, um, deep dives into specific jams that they're doing on YouTube. Um, and I watched one on the Roses Are Free 
from the island tour, which was uh, April of 98. And I don't remember, there was four shows that were played and they played two shows in Rhode Island and two shows in Long Island. And these shows are infamous. I was at the two um, Rhode Island shows and um, they were, uh, they covered Roses Are Free and it talked about uh, Ween at first not liking fish and so it had interviews of ween back then just being like yeah no not into it and they were pissed when they played roses are free at first and then um then they played i want to say it was a 27 minute long uh roses are free and um and then that's when uh, it was kind of ween was like uh okay you know <laughs> like along those lines but i know that was a big trey influence though. i mean trey really let, was into it um was into them um and uh, he was talking about one of the first albums he had gotten and that when they were being signed to Electra uh, that that was a piece of it and so i think generally you know i think they all really like to play um you know different co- covers because you've got you know yeah so mm-hmm. no good point okay so uh, before this episode i told bob uh, i wanted to get some fish facts that might draw non fish fans to fish don so we're going to give bob okay. the floor here for a couple minutes to, to mm-hmm. give us some facts, and then we're going to get back to asking you a couple more questions. So go ahead, Bob. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Let's see. Uh, Runaway Jim, their song, Runaway Jim. I've yes. found out that it is their longest jam ever recorded at 58 minutes and 47 seconds. I thought we were talking about facts that would draw people to fish. Not, oh, not, like that yeah, would they, be the thing that would like, what, 58 minutes. Uh, this is a count. All right. So, Bob, while you're looking for real facts now, that is a real fact. To, okay. No, one draw of the, fish one fans of the fish. cover songs in fishes. Wait a minute. Can, vast, Bob, can I ask you? Please. Yeah, please. Can I ask you just real quick? When, when, do you know when that 58 minute long runaway gym was? Oh, sure. Now you ask that question after I've had that page gone where I've already <laughs> pulled up something else because Brian wants yeah, all these him. facts and it's just like you've no, got, you've got a universe of information from fish and he expects, can you get it in a pinhole? I mean, I, I know it's just it's just a small you amount of fish. You can tell my co-host a little whiny sometimes. Sorry. Whiny? No, 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 no. I'm just... You know. Go ahead, Bob. Facts. Of all the cover songs in Fish's vast repertoire, Good Times, mm-hmm. Bad Times is one of the oldest and most reliable, making it one of mm. the most frequent, frequently played covers since its debut in the mid-80s. Mm. I wonder how that re, uh, compares to, what was the one they played over the New Year's run? Uh, Rocky, no Mount, Rocky Top. What did they play? Rocky Top. Uh-oh. No Quarter? Are you talking about the, the Zeppelin? Good no, times, no. bad times yeah, from La- uh, Led Zeppelin, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What else you got? What if I'm a non-fish fan, Bob? Why do I, why do I want to go to a fish show? That's what I want to know. I know why I go to fish show. I go to fish shows because I think a study just came out that going to a fish show is better than hot yoga. Have you ever heard that, Don? <laughs> it makes sense to me. <laughs> you can dance. I dance for like three hours. I don't stop dancing. Literally, do not stop dancing the whole time. 
So here's a funny story. Uh, this is just a true story. Whether uh, people can take this any way as you want, but I'm up in section 400 something on Sunday night at Madison Square Garden, and I'm right in the f- second row, so I'm right on the glass. But it's hot up there, so I keep going up behind me because I need more space to dance in one seat. I can't do one mm-hmm. seat; it drives me nuts. So yep. I go up on the the walkway behind to dance, but then I like to go down when the songs get quiet, so I can really see the setting and the lighting and and take advantage of seeing the whole crowd. So. Um, I be pretty much the end of the first set, beginning of the second set, I was not in my seat. So she, this woman who's in her, I don't know, mid twenties or so, uh, a, a nice girl from that area. She, uh, I come back and I'm one or two songs back into sitting my seat again. And she just grabs me by the shoulders and says to me, I'm glad you're back. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Afterwards, I found out, I guess, I've been told this before at fish shows, I'm very inspiring. So I don't know if you saw the pictures of, of Halloween at Vegas. Were you there by any chance, Dawn? I was not. I was not. But I, you Did know, you look through the pictures of the costumes or anything? About the... Um did I look at the pictures of the... Um, the from Vegas, Halloween. Yeah, I don't know how you know how you are into the culture. Like, if you looked at everybody's costumes from Las Vegas from Halloween. Yes, right. yes, yes, yes. Yep, okay. Yep, I was Teen yep. Wolf. You're what? I was Teen Wolf. Do you remember seeing the picture of Teen Wolf? I did not see Teen Wolf. Oh, you no, didn't. I mean, there's hundreds of them. But oh, that no, I know. Awesome, yeah. Though. So I was top six, I think. I was think I was sixth in voting for the costume contest. Really? Yeah. Oh, so, shit. Yeah, I was actually, my whole goal was to try and win a trip to New York City, to be very honest, because I was go- knew I was going there yeah, New Year's, and I didn't want to spend $1,000. <laughs> yeah. um, so, um, anyways, I was told, so the first night I was there on Halloween, I paid 500 bucks, got dressed as Teen Wolf. And I was basically the seat directly across first row, second level in Vegas MGM studio facing the band, right? So they mm-hmm. could see me when the light's on me, right? So I know they definitely saw Teen Wolf because I know how they are. They like to see what the crowd is doing. So the next day, I go dressed exactly in the same clothes except without Teen Wolf, right? Like it's the day after, like, you know, Scott in the movie, you know. So do you, do you have the J. Beavers costume on? No, Did but have I have the, the Morseville my Morrisville jersey because like I said this was what I was talking about earlier I wear a Morrisville yeah. State College basketball jersey as yeah. my primary um, shirt that I wear at concerts because I really sure. want to have a conversation with that band all of them somehow about that show in Colgate that night that's that is a bucket list oh, thing for it. me because I want to sit down with them and recreate the night with them because I know if it was mentioned in a book it was a night they would remember and I want yeah. to have my memories of that night flood back to me because I know that just sitting yeah. in a room with them or asking them questions, that's what will happen because that's how my mind works. And yeah. the moment that they see my face when those memories start coming back, I think they would appreciate because they're those kind of guys. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, of course. So that's yeah. a bucket yeah. list for me is to be in a room at least with John. So I feel like if I wear that jersey and, and they mm-hmm. know that Morrisville, I mean, Fishman and his family know Morrisville's right there. They're not, you know, they know the area. They're from that area. That's why, that's why I always wear the Morrisville jersey. So Nice. Yeah. Nice. So, Bob, do you have another fact of what would draw a non-fish fan to a fish show? All right. If a, if a group has been around for... Close to three decades. Yes. Over that, yeah. They, okay, yeah. so they started. Uh, this is a great reference because I looked this up on Wikipedia. They started in 1983. Mm-hmm. So, all right, go ahead, Bob. So if they've been around for close to more than three decades, and they draw that one of the largest concerts that they ever draw drew was 85,000 people. If a band can 
bring 85,000 people together, they've got to be worth seeing, right? I mean... All right, let's take what? this another step further. In Colorado, yes. I think that's a, what, a 50,000-seat stadium, 55,000-seat stadium, right? Mm-hmm. A, and they fill that four straight nights, and not everybody goes off four straight nights like I do, dancing every second of every night. But that's a lot of people. That's over 200,000, 240,000 people over a weekend. Yeah. How many yeah. were people yeah, well, were supposed to be a curveball, Don? Uh, I think there was between, like, it was, like, 30, between 35 and 40, something like that. Um, if I, if I remember correctly, but I know the big, so like Coventry or now do you, again, Bob, do you know which shows was the 85,000? If it was Coventry, it, Lemon Wheel, Clifford Ball, like it just said, uh, over the festivals, um, over the the 10 festivals ranging from 35,000 to 85,000. Exactly. And you got to think about things, something like Coventry, which was supposed to be the very last fish show ever, where, I mean, I don't know, thousands of people parked their cars on the highway because it was just you couldn't get in and walked up to 10 miles in to the show with all their stuff and all of that uh, to experience what was supposed to be the last fish show ever. And thank God 110,000 <laughs> people were expected to attend Coventry. Yeah. Uh, 65 yeah, to 68,000 actually made it there uh, by doing exactly what she said. People abandoned their cars on the road to walk. Crazy. Yeah. I had a really weird, uh, uh, funny Coventry uh, experience myself. So I uh, had gotten tickets uh, through this Turkish coffee place in my in my hometown. So I was going to go up there by myself. So, I mean, granted, I mean, I had been on tour. I had done all this. Fish was my life. I had this huge crew of people and whatnot. But for whatever reason, it was just me driving by myself. And I was going to go work because they were free tickets. I was going to go work this food stand. And I found out I was pregnant three days before I left, which thank freaking God, because <laughs> um, I had I had a two and a half year old and uh, 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 no, not two and a half year old. uh 20 month old that I was going to be weaning and mama was going to go have some fun for her first time in a long time that weekend as far as, uh, you know, you're going to let loose. The, uh, That's what fish shows are for. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So I, so three days beforehand, so I'm, you know, six weeks, seven weeks pregnant. And, and so I, I'm like, whatever I get in my car, I put my bike on the roof of my car and I drive. And this is before cell phones. This is before, you know, I just had the shitty little radio on my little super station wagon and I go and I get in line and, you know, and so, I mean, I was in line for 12 hours by myself. And, um, at one point I like pulled off the side of the road and there was like a, you know, it was a, a small house that was there and this family's out there. And I just got out. because I wanted to stretch my legs and I was talking to them and told them my situation. They were like, you know what? I mean, they were like, we're going to tell you this right now. See this dirt road right here. They're like, go on that dirt road. You'll come around the back of it and you'll be getting right into the venue especially if you're going to be a vending and i'm like okay which jesus christ i mean i thank goodness nothing happened to me because i was literally in the middle of the woods in a dirt road by myself <laughs> driving and but, but you're a fish sure fan nothing bad can happen to fish fans no nothing at all right like jesus christ so, so but like sure shit i pull up the back and boom i'm right there so i i get so i get there and i'm not waiting more you know, i get my whatever and i go in i park and i grab my stuff and you know i mean parked in a, a huge mud i mean it was just a mud pit the whole thing was a mud pit like put up my um my um uh, tent and you know 
whatever it was. So I go into the show and I'm with these men that, that are from Turkey. They barely speak any English, but they're just enough to be like, what the hell are you woman? Like, like you're not, you're, you're here by yourself. Your husband isn't with you. Your kids aren't with you. You're pregnant and you're dancing the entire time that you're cooking and cutting, <laughs> cutting vegetables. And they just, they were like this, like just floored by me the whole night. But I worked really hard for them. And I got to hear the show while I was going. And I was right, you know, it was like right on the outskirts of the way, you know, festivals are. Mm-hmm. And the next day, I, the next day I showed up and ready to work. And the guy came up to me and he's like, he's like, sweetheart, he's, his money. You work where you go and you, you go you go. We don't need to. It's fine. You know, I might be doing the action. It's just like, you know. And so, so I'm like, really? Oh, All right. It. So he gives, me 100, he gives me 150 bucks, sends me on my way, and I sit in the back by myself in the mud and watch what was supposed to be the last fish show ever. Six weeks pregnant. I had nobody around me and just, you know, the whole just sobbed and just, I mean, it was a really very strange, especially with how much fish was like i mean they're all my friends were there but for whatever reason it just didn't work for me to connect with them and my my um husband at the time wasn't really into fish anymore and and so it was just yeah so that was my my uh coventry experience you know so coventry <laughs> so, was 2004 it was just before they took a hiatus 65 five to 68 years, yep. Th- yep yep sorry and then uh I'm just I'm filling in some of the gaps for people because you you explained it very well. Uh, you actually explained pretty much all of what exactly happened there. Uh, the concert included some songs written by written at Coventry to glorify members of the team. Uh, the band gave away their trampoline during "Enjoy Myself." The band broke down mm-hmm. crying on stage several times during mm-hmm. the festival. Most notably, waiting when in Paige, the velvet sea. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm about to say. Is uh, most notably when Paige McConnell choked up during the ballad "Waiting in the Velvet Sea," unable to continue uh. singing. Uh, and and Trey gives a a, a good. Uh, talk on Sirius Radio. I'm sure it's on there. You guys can listen. Anybody who's now intrigued by fish can go to Sirius Radio. They had some great conversations with Trey, Paige, and all the guys, and they definitely talked about this stuff. But it's, I'm so glad. This is the first story I've actually heard coming out of Coventry from someone who was there. So I appreciate that you shared that. That was not very nice of you. Um, so I want to get on a little bit more about fish chicks. You've been mentioning that a couple of times. I know it's kind of a group mm-hmm. uh, affiliation within fish, uh, but I want to put it out a little bit more for people so they know what fish chicks is, what, what the, what you guys, what, what the message is. Just tell people about fish chicks, please. Sure. Sure. Um, I'm actually, um, one of the mods for it, one of the, um, administrators or moderators for it. Um, now, um, I think there's 27 of us ladies. Um, but the way it originally started, so Bethany Barker is just a big, big fish fan. And, um, she, um, but she didn't have much of like, um, like a fish family. Like when I talk about this fish family, like for me, like I've got like good, you know, I mean, now it's even, you know, bigger as everybody, but I mean, that, you know, just like the 20 people we'd always go to shows with, we did tour with back in the day and all that. And so, but she wanted to like, you know, be able to meet some other girls and this and that. So she kind of, she, she uh, just created a group on Facebook one night and called it fish chicks and invited some of her friends. And then her friends invited some other friends. And within a week, she had 2000 women in it. And, um, I think I want to say we're at, we just hit 18,000 women in this group. And, um, so, uh, I don't know when it was, 
kind of, at some point, Bethany just got to the point where it was just, you know, when there any, there's, when I think any comes up or there's problems or anything, like it'd be her, she's the one who created it. People would be messaging her and it got to a point where it just got very overwhelming. And so she was just like, I need my ladies. You're one of the fish girls you're on. So to me, like when I see it, like they're the names that I know a lot of women, you know, part of the scene, the fish scene, um, as far as the moderators are concerned to help out Bethany with these things that come up. So fish chicks is this group of, it's just women. And, um, we talk everything from just, you know, girl stuff, anything, all, all types of girl stuff, um, to just deep, deep rooted fish fun and share stories and give away things and connect with each other. And red sequins have become like our thing. So we'll give away like, you know, red sequin headbands or that sort of thing. And that was just all from Bethany. Bethany just started this group and, and it really just became this, um, this really big, beautiful connection of us ladies being able to, you know, be together in our own space. And we're really strict about like how people are treated in there because a lot of the fish groups, they, they end up getting the troll, like they said, the trolls, people are just, and they're just not very nice sometimes, you know, like sometimes people end up, you know, the, you know, you hope our community would be, you hope our community would be above all that, but there is a little trolling and a little pretension in the fish community a little bit. Yes, yes, yes. And mostly, mostly it's on, it's like in like social media stuff because you don't really see it. Like you can sometimes, it's not like it's perfect on live, but it's mostly just people, you know, and especially big, you know, everybody gets all squirrely right, right before, uh, you know, tour and people get all aggravated and <laughs> it's like, you know, and, and, um, but so this has just become this, this area, this place. And I mean, there's everything from, from, like I said, really deep rooted fish community, fish connections to women really pouring their hearts out and talking about meaningful, you know, um, uh, experiences in their life or just needing support from their fellow sisters, uh, you know, fellow sisters. And, and that's how we see it. You know, um, I think Bethany might've coined the term, um, sisterhood. <laughs> it's like the sisterhood of, of women. And so, um, we've had this huge boom over the past month because um so Trey's daughter is in our group and she posted in there um asking that she wanted to make this book for her dad for Christmas and so she asked for every for people to post pictures of what fish has meant to their family like how this is create you know their you know their children or their partners or whatnot and she got thousands of us ladies sending in pictures of wedding and, and weddings that are fish related or children that are fish related or um, whatever, you know, and she put wow. this book together. Yeah. She put this book together for Trey and gave it to him at Christmas. And he just was so appreciative of it. And the whole band was too. And he's like, he is like written a few times that I've read about him saying, you know, how much like, this book means to him and how he just, you know, pulls it out. He looks at it all the time. And then he thanked, he thanked fish chicks, uh, the women of fish chicks for helping make the book possible. And so since then we are just getting, you know, uh, inundated with people with women wanting to be in it, which is great. Um, and we just have a little questionnaire that women have to, you know, answer. And then, you know, you could be in, in the group. And as long as you are, you know, follow the rules and stay, 
stay within it, then, you know, we're all just a bunch of ladies like fish, you know? Absolutely. And I apologize. I haven't done this earlier. So please list all the social media, all your platforms real quickly before I ask you some more questions, just so I have it out there everywhere. People can find you, your podcast. Oh, sure. Sure. Okay. So female centrics, um, you know, with the pH, um, we are uh, part of the Osiris podcast network. So you can find us online. Um, uh, there you can find us on Spotify. Um, you can find us mostly um, you know, with your podcast app where you get that. And um, then um, I'm on Twitter and Instagram and um, yeah, and Facebook too with the different groups. I try to kind of copy and paste and send out my, my podcast from there. But um, yeah, you know, Apple iTunes. Um, yeah. Excellent. So tell me a little bit about creating the podcast. Were you nervous? I kind of gone through with people how I created it. Uh, tell me about the podcast a little bit. Uh, and was it hard to create or has it come naturally for you? Um, so it was, um, I, it, it, it's come naturally to me, which is just awesome. I'm, I'm the type of person that like, if I'm going to set out to do something then I want to be the best I can at it or the best I can, you know, the best period. And like, I will say like, it's been very, very helpful to have Osiris behind us. Um, and because they really help out with like promoting it and getting the sponsors and, and that sort of piece. Um, and so, um, so I went into it, my whole thing I went into it with is that I wanted to highlight this love and this joy that I have and share that through highlighting people, uh, members of our community, um, whether they're doing amazing art or they, um, you know, or, or just, they're just a huge fan like me or, or whatever. Um, and so do the interview piece. And then, um, and then afterwards we, we first had our game show, we called it old fish, new fish. And we just did that in the very first episode. But then after that is when, and that was just playing the song and whether or not it I heard was. That one, yeah. 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 So, um, so now this has turned into this market price thing that we're doing, but, um, so generally speaking, that's been what our, our outline has been. Um, and so since then, so I've, I've, you know, um, been able to interview, um, I think, you know, Bethany and then Sophia Clisto and I had, um, Hannah Dubin from Cash or Trade, um, and, uh, Mark Filaramo, who uh, he's a um, a music teacher in Jersey, and he created, he wrote and created a fish musical for his his uh, his students who are fifth through eighth grade, I, I believe. Um, and this whole it was a whole new story, but he used all fish songs within his elementary school, and they all sang these songs. <laughs> so yeah, most um, songs, but people don't realize this. Of the three hundred and thirty-three published fish songs, that you can tell a story, no doubt. He yeah. he does it oh, sometimes yeah. at concerts because Trey at some concerts doesn't pick the songs until he sees the crowd. Yep, yep, exactly, exactly. As he always so, and you know, and, and I'd say, um, and so we skype them in and whatnot. Um, I ended up having um, Carl Gerhard, um, who he is the trumpet player for um, Giant Country Horns. And if you started in 91, there's a chance that you might have even seen, you know, back then. So Carl grew up with Paige, the uh, piano player. And um, 
has played off and on with fish since 91. And so he heard um, or saw my thing about the book I was putting together, The Things Are True That I Forget. And um, he sent me an email through that through that link and that he had some stories to, you know, ask the book. And at that point, I was already doing the podcast. So I was like, holy shit, like this is this is huge. This is great, you know. And um, so he it turns out he lives in Rhode Island and he actually was our first live guest to be in our studio. And now and Carl and I just hit it off. And what a sweetheart he is. And so since we've had him on He's put me on a couple of guest lists. We just went to New York City and um, with, so him and Tom produced with Strange Design, which is an old fish cover band um, who now, they were founding members of Jazz's Fish, which is a group of jazz musicians that have turned some fish songs into ja- uh, jazz pieces, uh, fish songs into jazz mm-hmm. pieces. I've listened to their show. <laughs> Yeah, so these guys used to have Strange Design um, during the hiatus. Strange Design was created by the same people who do who um, uh, created Dark Star Orchestra. Dark Star Orchestra is a Grateful Dead cover band, and what's special about them is that they choose specific songs. I mean, sorry, specific concerts, and then play them virtually, note for note. You have to kind of guess what the show is. So Strange Design, these group of people were reached out from the same producers when, when uh, Fish went on their hate, uh, you know, left in 2004, not knowing Fish was going to come back. So they created just this past fall, uh, recreated a show called Hampton Comes Alive. It was their first live Fish album that they actually put on CD and um, from 98. And both Tom Marshall and Carl played with fish for these two epic shows and so the 20-year reunion was this past fall so they produced they got together and did this two-night run in new york city and so carl put um my husband and i on the guest list and uh and we actually ended up staying with mark Feloramo. and this is what it is about families we'd never met mark before but i had him on the podcast in the spring he invited us to stay at his house in his guest bedroom with his kids the whole thing and then we all went into town and then I ended up that night. I mean, the first night we were with Carl and, you know, hanging out with him the whole time. And he gets up there and he plays his trumpet like nobody's business. And it's just unbelievable. And then the second night, you know, we're Carl again, Tom and, and uh, Lily came, his wife. And I had one of the most amazing because Guy Udi is my favorite song, my favorite fish song. And that night I'm standing next to Tom who wrote Guy Udi, And I forgot that they had played it that night. And sure as shit, freaking guy Udi starts, and he knows it's my favorite song. So, like, I just turned to him and I just wrap myself around. He's giving this big hug, and you know, when you talk about it, just being so present and so conscious for like um, this moment where I'm shoulder to shoulder again with Tom. He wrote the song with this band, and so I mean, these are just sort of the you know fringe benefits that I've been able to. So it's like you know. Carl was one of the big names, uh, Jay Blakesburg, who was um, a photographer for the Grateful Dead and Fish and and whatnot for 30 years, I think, the dead. And um, we got to interview him. Um, but but, you know, mostly it's, it's the fans and these these mega fans like Jenny Chadbourne. She's been over 400 shows and and, you know, my friend Johnny. And then, you know, um, uh, Jules Rules. She's uh, she's just a character from Facebook. You know, it. And just talking like we're doing right now, 
super passionate, sharing stories, laughing, you know, the whole thing. We end up having cocktails. We're half in the bag by the end of most podcasts. You know, so it's like <laughs> it's a family thing, atmosphere. But. It's always a family atmosphere. So you, I am jealous about something. Jealousy is a emotion <laughs> that I try to avoid at all costs. I didn't like it when I had it in my marriage, and when I left my marriage many years ago, I said I would never feel jealous for anybody. Like it's one of my things. But <laughs> I am so jealous. Ben and Jerry's is a sponsor of yours. That was actually a bucket well, list to me. So first off, I want to ask you, if they were to make a flavor for you, what would your flavor be? Oh, my goodness. Nothing <laughs> coffee related. I don't like coffee, but <laughs> um, I don't know. I might need to circle back around to that question because I'm a serious ice cream eater. So I take this question seriously. <laughs> it's okay. oh, so That's good. Well, I'm glad. No, I'm surprised nobody's asked you that before. And number two, how the Maybe? heck did you get Ben and Jerry's affiliate with you? Because I want, need, I need to meet them. I need to, I know the flavor I want. It's going to be hemphletic. It's going to be heavy peanut butter. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> yeah 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 well and actually no i'm thinking because as you just said that i'm like you know maybe some sort of like red red like crunchies or something like something sparkly i don't know if you can make sparkly ice cream or not but <laughs> um or like uh because i'm but i also like that oh the the height heat bar i'm not too sure as far as that the the that answer is concerned but no it's okay um, i'm gonna let you think about it because later on i want to make sure you send me your answer though and i will i will tell right? you what yeah, your answer okay. was yeah because i want a good thoughtful <laughs> answer i'm all about that yeah i don't want random answers yeah <laughs> so um so but so this is what's but what's beautiful about being part of this osiris podcast the network so you know we're um you know i'm contracted with them and where they work on getting the sponsors and they take a cut and we get a cut and so ben and jerry's uh reached out to uh, Osiris and, or Osiris reached out to Ben and Jerry's, however way it works. And, um, and again, this is, you know, I mean, that's why it's like, you know, when Tom asked me like, Oh, you want to be the first, you know, female fish podcaster? Like, I didn't know. I'm like, uh, what if I say no to that? No. Like, yeah, where's my studio? I'm ready. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, yeah, sure. I'm like, Oh fuck, what am I doing now? You know? And I did it because that's what I do. But like, um, but so there's five, I want to say there's five of us um, fish uh, podcasts, uh, related podcasts on the Osiris Network. And we're all really different. I'm going to actually bring it up right now just so I can uh, relate to it, so I can say what they are. They are they, they're all pretty different. So you've got the Helping Friendly Podcast. They've been around forever. They're the like, like kind of the original. Um, um, they just hit their five years this past fall or summer. Um, and that's RJB. RJB is the CEO of Osiris. You've got Under the Scales, which is obviously that's Tom Marshall's. Um, and then there is Beyond the Pond. Beyond the Pond is really cool. Um, it's an interesting one because they, what they do is that they'll deep dive into a couple of specific fish jams and then, and listen to them. And then they will find bands that are outside of the fish community to relate to those jams and their whole big thing is so beyond the pond their whole big is so as as fish fans we can be pretty all we listen to is fish <laughs> you know well that's and why actually so, uh, let me chime in here real quick i'm actually a little yeah. bit of a fish fan that i actually only want to listen to them when i'm there or i'll listen to certain albums for if I, i'm a heavy writer so i'll take in a lot of heavy yeah. thc to do a lot of my writing and i need to have fish rift like playing behind me that's my 
jam. But otherwise, I try not to ruin it because I feel like the shows are more special than I don't hear it live all the time. But go ahead. But I want to hear how you how you listen to Fish, though. What What is it for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, hang on, I was going to say one more. So the Daily Soundcheck is the other one that was the Fish one. And um, what these guys are doing, I don't remember, I don't know what number they're on, but these guys have started from the very first Fish Soundcheck and somehow got their hands on all these recordings and they review the um, uh, each each of Fish's sound checks. And they so I don't know what year they're on right now as far as that's concerned. But Ben and Jerry's got in touch with us and wanted to advertise with the fish ones on those islands. So that's how we got Ben and Jerry's. Um, and what was the so you just asked me a second question though before I was about No, I I, I was interrupting. I was interjecting. Um, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I apologize. So real quick, I just want to touch on real quick the secondary market for an education for people. They just announced that we before you got on, we talked a little bit about this summer tour that's going to happen. What's your advice for someone like me who's just coming back into the fish community or maybe wanting to go see more shows on trying to get tickets and not have to get on the secondary markets where you're paying two, three times yeah. the market value? That's a big issue in the fish community. I know it. Cash or trade is the way to go. 100%. Um, Albany, uh, no, it wasn't Albany. No, the 29th. So the New Year's Eve run sold out within four minutes, all four nights gone. And um, it wasn't, um, I didn't have the money when they went on sale. We weren't 100% sure what we were doing yet. And so when we finally decided, all right, no, we we're gone. We're going Saturday night. We're, we're going to make this happen. You know, we got this like, you know, it wasn't shitty. It was fine. It was a little, you know, Airbnb, the teeny little room and like, you know, split it, just make it affordable, get down there, get to whatever. Right. And, uh, I went on cash and trade and within 10 minutes, um, there was somebody there happened to be selling three tickets to the 29th. And, um, what's great about it is that you go in and you're, there's no scalping allowed whatsoever. Um, and so it's all, you know, right. What everybody else paid. And, so we went in and I said, yes, I want these three tickets. And then as soon as I said that, he entered me into like an agreement. And um, and then so I had those three tickets, but um, then I we had to do like kind of went back and forth. And within like by the end of the day, all these three tickets were were bought for the same price. So and because right now, like I plan on this summer, um, I'm definitely good because they haven't been to New England since 2016. So um, this is huge for us New England fans because they've got two nights of Bangor. Cause I live in Maine. So two nights of Bangor, Maine, there's two nights of Fenway. There's I think two nights in Connecticut, three nights at um, Saratoga, which is, I know that's not technically New England, but it's close enough. <laughs> um, no, it is. Yeah, I agree. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like anything within six, seven hours is that's a home venue, you know, it's like, um, but um but and and but we're not going to have all that money at once, sort of thing. So and some of those venues may or you know some I I doubt that Bangor will will um sell out, but there'll be certain ones that sell out versus not. And um, but but I'll I'll definitely be using Cash or Trade again because that place, that that site is just it's great and it's not just for fish tickets. You can get any sort of tickets there, and none of it can be scalped. It all has to be for face value. Thanks for that advice. You have yeah. been very generous with your time. I know you have yeah. three young kids with all the hats that you wear, but I hope you yeah. will agree to come on another episode uh, because there's there, I have five more questions here I didn't even ask. Uh, but yeah. but unfortunately, our time is over. Uh, thank you, yeah. Dawn, for yeah. joining us. Uh, you're going to hear some ending music here in a minute, but I just want to give you my big... Uh, I can't wait to see right. you and give you a big hug. 
because now yeah. we we are definitely family now, right? That's how it works in this community. Yeah. Uh, I will well, spread and, and your we'll, message. We'll, I hope we'll, you do the same. Yeah, and we'll switch out and have you on on uh, female centrics as well, because it's not just ladies. It's, you know, it's it's just uh, the ladies talking to whomever in our community. So thank you so much for having me, Brian and um, Bob. Thank you as well, and uh, Brianna, I believe too, and Justin. If I remember right. Yeah, the yeah, they were all in the room. Yeah, you're awesome for remembering. You're so you're so uh, you, you honor us with your presence. <laughs> really amazing preschool teacher. Let me let me categorize her here real quick for you, because I know I have like one minute before my producer will say, Brian, we're done. She is a mother. She is a wife. She has been official as pregnant. She has a podcast. She also, I'm sure, makes she makes ga- uh, game shows on wheels. A preschool <laughs> teacher and my favorite of everything. I'm gonna leave this for last. Nature immersion therapist. That is my favorite specialist. of everything. Specialist, yes. <laughs> a specialist. And I'm yes. sorry for not saying it right because to me that's no, the that most important right. of all of it. Does she sleep? <laughs> yeah. Do you sleep? She, right. <laughs> yeah. It's I funny. get in there sometimes. I texted him last night at midnight, and uh, I I woke up in the morning to this long text going, Brian, you're texting me at midnight about our podcast episode. Are you are you more like Donald Trump? I'm like, well, I just got confirmation from her, so apparently she's up like I am. So it's not just yeah. me. <laughs> Awesome. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you, Don. I appreciate everything. And uh, and here we are, folks. That was your fish episode that I've been dying for for what? This is episode 18 for 17 episodes. I've been dying for this. So thank you, Don. Yeah. Thanks for joining thank me. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, guys. Take care. Awesome. Have a good one. All right. Bye.